Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. So how are we all doing? I know for me, there are still times when I just think I could, I want to wake up from this dream, from this nightmare of COVID-19. There's other times where I think I've been absorbed into the TV screen, into some sort of movie. Then there's other moments where I think I'm getting used to this new normal. You know, we're adaptable creatures. We get on and getting used to social distancing and many of the habits that we lived our lives by have been parked, but new ones are perhaps taking their place. In this week's episode, I'm sharing with you the emphasis or the strategies that I have developed in the last little while for my own sanity, I have to say, but I'm using the phrase sanitizing my mind. So like most people in recent weeks, we've developed the habit of washing our hands much more consciously and thoroughly and frequently. So as we continue to cocoon or stay safe at home or or lock in, I have to say I don't like the phrase lockdown, I'm now giving as much attention to sanitizing my mind as I am my hands. And by this, I mean I'm putting conscious and concerted effort into what I'm focusing on, whilst I'm also dealing with my fears and worries as they surface. So that's the theme for this week, and I'm going to share tips and insights with you that hopefully you will find of benefit. Of course, this is episode 52, so I'm hearing you think, is this the anniversary episode? Well, I launched the podcast last week with three or four episodes, I think it was, and of course we skipped Christmas, so we're not quite at the year anniversary yet, but it is quite a milestone to get to episode 52, I have to say, how quickly those weeks have gone by. If you haven't checked out the last two episodes, of course, I've branched into interviews with people now, so I was delighted with episode 50, a real milestone to do the first interview with Dr. Sinead Kane, such an inspirational lady, ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days is just one of our claims to fame. And of course, she's a visually impaired athlete. We spoke about motivation and teamwork and how we're managing ourselves in this crisis time. And then last week with um, uh, expert expert Kira Conlon from Productivity and Efficiency, we looked at tips for working from home, which of course is very relevant for many people now. But this week's episode is all about sanitizing our minds in the same way as we sanitize our hands. And in in an earlier episode where I looked at how we manage fears um, at this time, uh, I spoke about filtering the inputs, which was mainly to do with, you know, switching off the 24-hour news and and being careful of what we follow on social media. And the analogy there would be with with physical distancing, you know, we're supposed to be saying two metres away from people um, to stay healthy um, and to prevent the spread of the the coronavirus. But if we look at what can happen on social media, we can view comments from anywhere in the world and those comments can get in and filter our own brain and impact on our own mood. But it's not just filtering those inputs that I'm speaking about today. There's other tools and tips that we can also apply. So at this time, when we cannot go outside, we can certainly go inside. We can certainly turn inwards and do some contemplation and reflection. I know for me, I've certainly been digging deep by utilising all of the resources and techniques I've picked up over the years to manage my mindset and my emotions. 
I've shared a lot of them in a previous episode called Managing Our Fears. It was the first one I did at the start of this crisis about three episodes ago. I've also been digging deep as I look at my fears and what the COVID-19 crisis has stirred in me. And in some ways, it's brought me back to a time just just less than three years ago when cancer gate crashed my life. And I struggled to manage anxieties and fears as I as I grieved for what I now phrase as the old James, as like pre-cancer James. And with hindsight, of course, though, that period was one of accelerated personal growth for me. And as COVID-19 has gatecrashed all our lives at the minute, I, I do believe that we all have an opportunity now to both evolve individually, to deal with some of our stuff, to, to create a new normal for ourselves almost, and also for a society to, to rethink or to reshape itself as well. But of course, we start by focusing on what's within our control. There are three specific things I'm putting conscious focus onto at the minute. And the first one is what I label, you know, I'm stronger or we're stronger than we think. I think it was towards the end of last year, I came across a quote by Linda Hogan, which was, you are the result of the love of thousands. And when I heard that on the television, it really spoke to my heart, I have to say. In recent times, I'm also remembering that we are the result of the resilience and courage and adaptability of thousands. All those people who've gone before us, all our ancestors. You know, we don't have to go back too many generations to appreciate that our grandparents or their grandparents endured wars and civil wars and rationing and famine. And their bravery and their spirit is in our blood and in our DNA. And that's that's something to remember, I think, just from, from how we adapt and evolve as people and how we survive and how we endure. Um, I was also reminded recently of a line from Maya Angelou's poem to our grandmothers. And the line is, you know, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. You know, and for me as a spiritual person, I believe that I don't stand alone at this time. You know, my cherished ancestors, uncles and aunts who have passed away, my own grandparents, you know, who worked and prayed for a better life for me. You know, they're standing by me at this time. And again, it depends on your belief structures. But that's something that I'm finding very helpful at the minute, that in my DNA and in my blood is all of those challenges that past ancestors have overcome. And maybe this is just my time for, for digging that little bit deeper. The second thing I'm focusing on is taking a wider perspective or a slightly longer term view on this current situation. Now, we all have to deal with the day-to-day realities. But at the same time, when the story of our lives is written, we're all going to have a chapter in it called Spring 2020, COVID-19. So therefore, how do you want to write your chapter? What will be some of the main themes of it? You know, one of my intentions, I do have to smile with this, for this year was to take a few weeks sabbatical. You know, I felt for a little time now that I needed to rest and resource myself and reassess direction after what has been a fairly few tough years for me. You know, the universe has now presented me with this time out and in such a way that I don't have to worry about missing opportunities or saying no to clients. And regular readers of my blog, certainly my blog on the jamesweekman.com website, will know that every year I go on a week-long retreat where, to paraphrase Blaise Pascal, I sit quietly alone in a room. And at this time, of course, we're all being asked to retreat. So my intention for myself with this chapter of my life in spring 2020 is to reassess what's important to me, uh, to fall more deeply in love with life, 
um, whilst being gentle with myself and thankful for this opportunity to press pause. For me, my theme, my theme for my chapter in my life that is COVID-19 is one of renewal, um, uh, questioning what's important to me, reassessing how I want to go forward, just taking a time out, viewing it as a pit stop, uh, a real time of renewal. That's the word that resonates with me. Regular listeners to my podcast will know I speak about gratitude quite an amount. For me, it's critical at this time, gratitude and self-compassion. Now, for a number of years, uh, noting three things I'm grateful for has been part of my morning routine. It's something that I'm relying on now more and more. Uh, Sometimes that morning routine is repeated at lunchtime and in the evening time as required. But for me, gratitude and self-compassion, being a little bit gentle with ourselves as we do our best in these uncharted waters, are, are the handrails for how we move forward, the handrails for dealing with uncertainty. Um, I've certainly had a lot of challenges in the last two or three weeks above and beyond the social distancing and all of the, you know, the, the challenges that as a society we're dealing with. Uh, my dad has been in and out of hospital. He's getting treatment for cancer. And of course, if he's in hospital, we cannot visit him. Uh, even at home, we cannot visit him. And that's certainly the biggest challenge. Uh, we also had some work done to the house here just at the beginning of um, the, the crisis where builders were still able to do work. Um, and it's all being resolved now. We were getting the attic insulated. But in the course of that work, there was a burst pipe. The broadband connection was damaged. Uh, there was many challenges. Now, they've all been resolved, thankfully. But I'm sort of thinking, what else can life throw at me? And then in the last week, I had a temporary crown fallout. Now, temporary by name, temporary by nature. I was due to have the permanent crown fitted about two weeks ago. And then I sort of thought, well, the dentist is closed. Am I going to be in pain and discomfort now for weeks? But thankfully, that was resolved. The dentist was able to see me. And I can take a moment now to look back and see how those challenges, whilst they they cause me to be very angry and very upset because we're all only human, um, I did get some lessons out of them. And as ever, I'm drifting back to gratitude and self-compassion. I'm gratitude, gr- grateful for the builders and for the dentist for resolving issues that came up. And I'm also being gentle towards myself and the part of me that gets angry and gets worried and gets fearful. You know, it's soothing that inner child, as it were. When I look at gratitude as well, there are certainly, there are certainly factors that are now present in my life that I'm grateful for that wouldn't have been if uh, this crisis hadn't occurred. Um, you know, I'm, I have to say, I'm enjoying the, the quieter pace. Um, you know, I'm not rushing around in the same way as I was before. There's certainly some good quality time with Brian here at home, my husband, and also with Cara, who's our dog, 15 years old this month, you know, and the time we have with her left is very precious too. Of course, it doesn't make it easy when I'm not able to visit my parents or um, visit Brian's mom or for her to come down and visit us. That's the difficult part of it. But thank goodness for technology. Uh, I'm also enjoying at the minute. I'm grateful for the opportunity to put more conscious effort and time into what we're eating. I'm, I bake. If anyone follows my Instagram account, you know, I put up pictures every so often of my home bakes. Um, planning meals ahead, not eating on the run. And even from a work perspective, I'm doing much more writing and creative output, which is something that had drifted for me in the last little while. And they're all things now that I can focus on in um, 
in a more purposeful way, uh, just because it brings me a sense of uh, pleasure. Um, and as I say, we're adaptable creatures and we look for habits and routines. And for me, what has worked really well in recent times is to forget about the to-do list. You know, that's for a different time. But I'm having a today list. You know, what would be useful for me today? How do I want to feel today? What could I achieve today? So we're chunking it down because we don't know when this will end. There's no point in making longer term plans, but maybe we can just focus on on the next 24 hours, as it were. So that piece on gratitude and self-compassion, they're my handrails at the minute. So they're the three things I'm purposely focusing on, you know, remembering the ancestors who've gone before me, that maybe I or we are stronger than we think, giving some consideration to how I want to write this chapter of my life, with, for me, renewal being the main theme, and then focusing on what can I be grateful for in this moment, whilst showing myself plenty of kindness and self-compassion as well. Um, I came across this quote recently on Instagram, I think it was, by Will Smith, and I've seen it several places since where he speaks about fear. And it's, it's one of those quotes that um, is a little bit wordy, but certainly the sentiment resonated with me. So Will Smith said, fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. I know for me, I'm dealing with my own fears that this crisis has stirred, as we all are. And how would I say it? The you know I know from experience, particularly in dealing with to cancer diagnosis in the last three years, that I cannot chase my fears away. You know, I cannot ignore them, but I can allow self-compassion in. When I think of how I've responded to this crisis myself, you know, my first strategy for dealing with it, like many people, was to try to ignore it. You know, you're justifying it, saying, well, so many thousands of people die by flu or because of flu every year. But then as my diary began to empty, up popped fears around income and cash flow, and then anger followed. And anger, of course, is only frustrated fear uh, because I felt I was no longer in control of my life. You know. Then I remembered the words of Byron Katie, who is someone that I find very helpful, particularly in dealing with thought patterns and habits of thinking. You know, and her words, one of her, her phrases, and I've often uttered it myself, is if you argue with reality, you will suffer. You know, and I don't want to suffer. So therefore, the only option was was to make peace with this new reality. And like most of us, you know, I'm conditioned to plan ahead. We live in the future, working towards goals and commitments and deadlines. You know, we're always looking what's coming next, what's down the road. Now, of course, we're being asked to live more fully in the present. And that living in the present, of course, is at the heart of a lot of uh, spiritual practices and mindfulness. And of course, that's when my own spiritual practice kicked in. And as I've said many times in the last few weeks, for those of us with a spiritual practice or any sort of practice, this is what we've been practicing for. So if I stick with the analogy of sanitizing my mind in the same ways we sanitize our hands, um, I call this little segment cleansing my mind. So whilst the symptoms of fear in our bodies are very real, you know, tight shoulders, a tight stomach, racing heart, shaky hands, shallow breaths, you know, the root cause is the images or the movies that we habitually play in our minds. 
I've often used the acronym of fear before, false evidence appearing real, but recently I've been changing the F to future, so future evidence appearing real. All fear is, uh, is future-based thinking, as both Will Smith and Byron Katie would say. And as I've looked within, in some quiet time, in some contemplation, I found that I'm playing playing three types of movies, often on loop in my mind. The first one is one that I was playing more frequently towards the beginning of this crisis. It's one that I would call parallel universe. You know, this is when I'd look at my diary and I'd I'd imagine the things I should have been doing on a certain day. I'm picturing how my life would possibly have been without the COVID-19 crisis. You know, on a certain day, I should have been with an organization delivering a presentation skills workshop or working with a client on interview skills or planning a holiday for later in the year or even attending my niece's confirmation. It's like we're, we're running what we, what we could or should have been doing uh, when, we, when we still had autonomy over our lives. But of course, it's not real. That's just images we're playing in our head and it stirs a certain emotion. The other movie or one of the other movies I'm also running is what I would label other people's realities. And we glimpse these when we say watch a news program. And, you know, but, but like the virus that is, you know, like a virus in the computer of my brain, you know, I'm not just empathizing with others. I'm installing myself and my loved ones into their tragic reality and reacting to it as if it was happening to me. Um, and again, we'll do that. We'll, we'll picture, oh my God, it must be awful for them. Um, you know, you're witnessing a funeral where, where loved ones can't attend it. And we figure out that, gosh, if I was in that scenario, this is how it would be for me. Um, and again, it's quite natural, particularly those of us who have any level, levels of empathy and rapport with others. That's something that we'll be doing at this time. But it's still a movie that we're running in our heads. The, the third one, the third part of this box set of fear, the fear movies that I'm running, is perhaps the most common one. It's the one that I call projected future. Um, it's like, you know, I've imagined being sick myself. I've imagined me being in hospital, dying, picturing my heartbroken family um, and no one being able to attend my funeral. I've also done versions of this movie where family members have gotten sick and all of the projected consequences. You know, I've imagined empty shelves in supermarkets and riots breaking out as society breaks down. You know, we have fertile imaginations. Um, and if it's unchecked, as Will Smith said in his quote, you know, that's near insanity. But we all do it. And if we're looking at, if we're aware of movies that we're playing, you know, common sense would say, if you don't like it and it doesn't make you feel good, well, then eject it. But what I've been doing is remembering to show compassion towards that self-defense part of me, because that's the part of me that's playing those movies, trying to predict ahead, to try to control the variables. Um, but I'm, I, I want to be compassionate with that part of me that's running those movies in the first place. You know, it's like I'll, I'll sue the inner child who is struggling to make sense of a situation that's outside of his control in the same way as you would sue the child or a niece and nephew, you know, who is feeling scared. Um, if I go back to the work of Byron Katie, that I've been finding such help at this time. You know, one of Byron K Katie's common questions would be, who would you be without the movies or without the stories in your mind? And my answer to that would be, well, I'd be more peaceful and I'd be calm. And isn't that what I'm looking at at this time? You know, who would we be without those future-based, fear-based thoughts, 
Uh, that doesn't mean we don't deal with what we have to deal with in the present. But if we can distinguish between what's going on in the present and what's coming in through our senses right now and those movies that are that were playing in our heads and maybe find ways to eject them or just at least press, press stop to realize we're doing it, well, then peace and calm would settle. They, it certainly does for me. And at the minute, that's one of the things that's at the core of my practice. I hope you have found my musings on this topic of sanitizing or cleansing our minds helpful. Again, we are in uncharted territory. For me, certainly, I'm working harder on controlling what goes on between my two ears um, by initially determining what I'm focusing on. Those little insights I shared earlier, you know, we're stronger than we think. How do I want to write this chapter of my life? And then steering myself with the qualities of gratitude and self-compassion and then being aware of those movies that I'm playing, the different categories of them so that I can come back into the present moment, the only place where we experience our feelings and the only place where we have control ultimately. And of course, at this time, we're all looking forward to life getting back to normal but we also have an invitation at this time to question what sort of normal we want that to be for me there will certainly be more gratitude for the simple things in life and for living in the present and now every time I wash my hands I'm visualizing discarding what I want to leave behind for me that's things like arguing reality as I mentioned earlier or my futile attempts to try to control what is outside of my control and of course, those fear-based, often irrational movies in my head. And when I think about that, I said, my goodness, how liberating that will be. For me, if I'm able to deal with some of the big fears, usually around mortality, that this crisis has stirred for me, how much easier it will be to deal with those everyday fears and concerns of, I don't know, not being good enough or fearing the judgment of others or fear of failure. You know, how minor do they seem in comparison? So I hope you found this week's episode of benefit. As I say, there's a lot of information I'm putting out in articles on the blog on my website, jamesweetman.com, and also across the social media channels. So in the meantime, let's stay safe. Let's do our best to stay sane as well. And until next time.